Hey guys, welcome back to Dadology. I'm so excited to get into part three of Daniel versus Nebuchadnezzar here. This one is just, I've been excited for this one. I've been excited to see how you guys react to it and, and things that you have to say about it and just get some feedback on it because this one really, it really brings forth to life the gospel message in the Old Testament. And how Jesus, you see Jesus in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And just the, just it's such a beautiful story. And, it's, and it just shows so much about how God rescues and he restores us. And then he humbles us when we need it. And so uh, before we get into that, though, I'm just going to ask that you guys follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Um, or if you're over on YouTube, be sure to subscribe and like those videos. And so without further ado, let's get into the content. I, I know I definitely had, I had to be humbled real fast in many situations because I felt like I was doing all the right things, but God wasn't doing what I was, wanted him to do. And yeah, I had to get real brought down real fast out of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think I've done that. He, Yep, and it's not fun when going through it, but I'm I'm thankful for God's mercy and grace in those moments. And so, but this is kind of one of those moments where Nebuchadnezzar, Mega Chat here, he decides, all right, now this could even go back to this dream, right? That he hears this interpretation and he sees like God. Yeah, this God, is what I that was my thought. You, I know exactly where you're going. Yeah. It's like. He hears he has the dream. He gets that destroyed, the and then he's like, head. "I'm gonna build a whole statue of me, <laughs> of me, a golden statue <laughs> the gold. because I the, was the, the golden whole part. thing is me, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I was the golden part in the dream. So naturally, I yeah, naturally, it. one chapter later, I'm gonna be all of it. <laughs> I'm gonna be all of it exactly. So he, <laughs> I, 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 I laughed about that when I was reading. I was like. Because I know the story, but I've never, like, read the whole thing. And right. To see, like, he immediately is the only person in the whole world at this moment that could tell him the dream. And then the next chapter, he's like, so I'm going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> so that sounds great. So that sounds great. Not the not the end of it, but the beginning part, nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> I'm the goal. And even, even Daniel goes to explain to Nebuchadnezzar, like, you're the golden head because your kingdom is the greatest kingdom. <laughs> and he's right? like, yeah, it is. <laughs> Gold statue. Gold statue, right. So that, I'm, I'm so <laughs> glad that you had that same thought as I did because absolutely he builds this <laughs> massive statue, right? We're talking, like, it gives, like, 60 cubits, um tall which i think is about 90 feet yeah, tall something like, like that. it's just this incredible statue that he builds it's completely golden and he basically makes this whole decree that any you know anytime that that the band comes the house band comes <laughs> up and starts playing the music then everybody in the nation is supposed to bow down to the statue of me the greatest <laughs> And you and if you don't bow down, then you're gonna get thrown into the fiery furnace. It, it makes. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go back to basketball for a second here, but it makes me think of the the conversations of like who's the greatest basketball player, and everybody argues like, is it MJ? Some people think it's LeBron, and and I saw somebody say, and I can't remember who it was. Um, I think it was Scottie Pippen. He was like, if you're the one saying that you're the greatest. Probably not the greatest. Mm, that, you yeah. know, Mike, Michael Jordan has never actually said that I'm the greatest because he 
gives respect to all the players before him and everything like that. And so this this made me think of that conversation that he had is and being like, I'm the greatest. And I was like, well, you're probably not if you're the one saying it. Like you gotta let right. everybody else say that. Right. Yeah, no, so he you know, he comes up and he he does his stuff, he makes a statue, he gives the decree out that hey, as soon as the music is played, you bow down. If you don't bow down, uh you're gonna die, you're gonna get thrown into the fiery furnace. Which is interesting that this must have been a pretty common thing of how he executed people. Because this yeah. was already something that existed, yeah. right? Like that's one thing that that kind of brought like I thought about when I was working on this and writing notes about it was like the fiery furnace was something that already existed in his world. Like yeah. he was executing people this way way prob- before, yeah, probably before any of this happened. That's probably how he was going to execute all the magicians and stuff. <laughs> was they, they probably knew what was coming? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so. And and honestly, um, it's like like the mob, like they're they're killing of choice, basically. You know? Yeah, and so so basically, what happens is obviously the music plays, and the nation starts bowing down. But there's these three guys, right? The fire crew: That's Shadrach, right. Meshach, and Abednego. Sound box. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the fire crew doesn't do it. Right. So obviously. You're standing in a crowd, and the whole crowd bows down, and you're the only one standing. You're going to stick out yeah. like a sore thumb. You're going to be very uh, obvious to see. Right. And so, in this moment, obviously, the music plays. The crowd bows. Fire crew doesn't bow. The, these magicians and these people who were in the previ- you know, previous chapter about to get slain and was saved by you know what god did through daniel are now like in a point of jealousy right because a lot of this came out of that right they just didn't like the way that you know these people had favor in the sight of the king right that's just part of that and uh when you follow god favor does just come right not that life isn't hard but there is favor if you do follow and work and do everything you do the best and for God. And so, so these three guys, so obviously these guys see that, oh, they didn't bow down. So they go to the king. Little tattletales here, right? So they go to the king and they're like, stitches. they're like, so king, you declared, <laughs> you declared, right? So if you declared it, it can't be undone. So you're going to have to follow through with this. So they, they pretty much trapped the king on this as well. And I've noticed in the Bible, like, it's mentioned more than once where it's like, if the king makes the law, you can't undo the law until something happens. And then all of a sudden he can undo the law. Right, right. <laughs> well, in this particular, the law of Babylon was if the, the, if the king made a decree, he wasn't allowed to go back on that decree. So if something like this in particular happened, he wasn't allowed to. Now, in this particular case... um he loses his stuff like he i mean he loses his temper hardcore so they he you know the people come to him and are like hey you made this decree that if anybody nobody bows down to the golden statue of you when the music plays then then they're going to be thrown to the fiery furnace well we've got these guys shadrach mechek and abednego that didn't do that do it and so he immediately is like get them here now like i'm i'm about done this is like when your child hasn't listened to you (laughs) for about 
four days and they're arguing with you for about four days and you're about to lose your stuff but he does lose his stuff right, right. like he's he's absolutely just inconsolable angry and he brings him and he's like i'm gonna give you guys one more chance you're if you if you do not bow down but you know to to this i'm gonna be throwing you to the fiery furnace you are going to die like and there isn't anybody who's going to be able to save you from my hand, right? This is that yeah. whole pride thing coming, right? Yeah. Like that dream really messed with him. Yeah. <laughs> he took it the whole wrong way. And so... As one would probably do. Well, naturally, yeah. right? We're, we're all very prideful yeah. people. So, I all, mean... All you heard was, I'm a gold. I'm, I'm a golden head. Cool. Cool. I'm I'm it. I'm the, yeah. I'm the one. <laughs> I'm the one. The one. No, and <laughs> and so so they come before him, and he's telling, like, listen, I'm gonna give you one more chance. We're gonna play the music. You're gonna bow. If you don't bow, you're gonna die. Obviously, they don't. And so they tell him, like, listen, you say that there's nobody that can save you from your hand, and but our God will deliver us from your hand. And if, if he, he doesn't, doesn't right, uh, that was my favorite part. And if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. We're still not doing it. Yeah. Like, even if he doesn't deliver us from your hand, our God is still worthy and we're not yeah. bowing down to you. It's not happening. Right. And of course, then he, he really loses his stuff and he, and he absolutely just blows the top and he commands that, Hey, I want you to heat this furnace up seven times more than what it normally is like it was already going to kill people anyways but i want them incinerated gone and it was a very hasty matter it was something like this is happening right now heated up right now way more than what it was supposed to and this thing was so hot that and it was done so quickly that it was actually overheated yeah past the seven point the two soldiers that threw them in there they died. They died. They, they died just from getting close to it. Yeah, they were trying to get to the to the point of opening it up, and, and as, as, as soon as they opened up the door, they immediately caught on fire and died and incinerated because it. it he, they were told to heat it up seven times more than what it's supposed to, but they, it actually even overheated past that. It was overheated, and so when that happened. Then obviously the fire came out. It consumed the soldiers, and, but they went in anyway, which is also really interesting. <laughs> yeah, like, like, at that point, like I'm just gonna go ahead and keep walking in. Well, I mean, at that point in time, they should have been caught up as well, right? Because right. they were there with them. Now you guys also understand that they're they're there, but they're also tied up. They're in their garments, like they're in their like worldly everything positions. that's flammable. <laughs> yeah, right. Like they're in their garments, like they have all their clothes that are on them. Like the clothes that they own probably within the the palace or whatever it is is on them. And and so they get they go into the fiery furnace and Nebuchadnezzar looks down <laughs> this is my favorite part. He looks down and he's confused. <laughs> Dude, like could you imagine that? Like I, I've always tried to like put myself in the shoes of Nebuchadnezzar. Like, you think that there's absolutely no way that anybody's gonna survive this. Like this, right. like you are so like you. It, I'm trying to think. Like, I think that I'm so powerful and so mighty, and and so just in what I do. But even if you don't like, 
if you throw bodies into a furnace a like that's that's right. probably into a fire a fiery furnace that is then locked where they obviously couldn't escape yeah like they're gonna die like right yeah period i mean from all logical and natural right. sense yeah right. and so nebuchadnezzar looks down into the fiery furnace so he has a bird's eye view of this place which is also an interesting thing to think about it makes you assume that this is a normal normal thing. thing yeah to make sure that things were happening the way they were supposed to and so he looks down and he's absolutely confused and so he turns around to one of his one of his uh counselors and uh and he turns around and he's like we put three of them in there right <laughs> and he's like and, you know i could just see this like like this conversation happening of like there was just three right and then the guy look, I could see the guy like kind of looking over. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was just three. Right. It, it makes me, it makes me think of the, what's the movie? Is it, I want to say Orlando Bloom, but it's not. It might be Joaquin Phoenix where he's the, the king's son and he's like, they're looking at him and he's like, he puts his thumb down on him <laughs> to kill him or whatever. Uh, what movie is that? I don't remember. But that's what I picture him to be like that, that bratty, Right. person where he's yes. looking at his counselors like what is going on yes yeah you know, but this is so funny though because he's just completely confused and doesn't know what to think you know but he they look down and they realize there's four people in the fire so we know that shadrach meachak and abednego were were in there right. and the fourth one and it says that when he sees it um he looks down and he sees that there's another a fourth in the fire that looks like the son of gods. Um, so if you're, a per- if you're a person that have ever wondered if Jesus is ever in the Old Testament, yeah. by the way, this is one. <laughs> yeah. So the person in the fire with Chadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is Jesus. It's Jesus. Yeah, um, basically. Jesus has existed in Spoiler John. Spoiler alert. Right. Well, John 1 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, right? And so, and he goes to explain later on in that chapter of, of John chapter 1 that the Word was Jesus Christ. And so, Jesus Christ has been present and active since the beginning. There's, in fact. Dude, there's so many clues to it, too. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, Think about it. Let's just go with like some crazy mind blown things, right? Like so obviously we have this moment where Jesus is is here. This is Jesus in the fire. Right. But then if you go long time back to where um Joshua is going to take on the promised land, right? They're going into the promised land and in Joshua they you know, they've conquered um uh, what was it? The were the walls? Uh, why am I forgetting this? Ugh, I feel I like I need to go back to, to my kids' church, a lot. <laughs> right. and, and I can't remember Jer- Jericho. Jericho, thank you. The walls of Jericho. So they have this huge victory, right? And then they go to the AI, and then they get totally whipped from AI because there was sin, and you know we're not going to get into all of that. But but then but as Joshua is like pleading with God, like what's going on? Reveal to me what happened. What's going on? And then there's a soldier of of heaven that comes up like that comes to him in his tent by the way that's jesus <laughs> right like throughout all of the old testament you actually see jesus in all throughout the old testament in different 
shape. Sometimes he's a soldier, you know, and in this case, he's the person in the fire, right? right? And so Nebuchadnezzar is absolutely just baffled by this. He's he can't he doesn't even know how to wrap his heads around it, which I don't think any of us would really know how to wrap our heads around this. And so what's interesting to me though is so starting in in verse 26, you know, so he brings them out, you know, he he goes to the door of the furnace. Um, probably stays away. I, I'm sure the furnace is still nice and hot and things like that. And he goes, and so verse 26, it says, And Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the, of the burning fiery furnace. I mean, he wasn't going to go in. He saw what happened to the soldiers. He right. wasn't going any closer, right? So he came near, and he declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. So the fire crew came out. And and the satraps, the prefects, uh, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over their bodies. So this is not just the king saw this, but all of their people right. who just who just tried to get them killed saw right. <laughs> like this saw that nothing happened. The fire didn't have any power. It's like right? the Pharisees prequel. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. And so the it says the hair on the heads was not singed. Their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire uh, had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants. Now, he obviously didn't have the understanding that this this was God that was with him, Jesus. Uh, so he sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than, rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree: any people, nation, or language that speaks against uh, speaks anything against the god of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the fire crew, shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruins. For there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. The king promoted the fire crew, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. This this right here is a perfect example, and this is why it's taught a lot, you know, and, yeah. because this is a gospel message, right? He's this the gospel is not just in the New Testament; it's in the Old Testament too. Uh, I've always said this, that if you're reading the Old Testament and you can't see Jesus, you're reading it wrong. So his statement, there's no other God who is able to rescue in this way. God, you cannot be rescued from sin. You cannot be rescued from mental health disorders. You cannot be rescued you know, from whatever it is. You know, and ultimately, you cannot be rescued from the wrath of God that's to come, which is hell, um, without God, right? This is the gospel message, and that word rescue is a perfect example. King Nebuchadnezzar realized in this moment that this God is, yes, he's not just like some God that knows things anymore. Like, it's not just, like to him... Previously, it was like that's great that he knew things. He showed me that I was the golden image, right? Like I'm, I'm the boss now, right now. Right. So in his mind, God was just somebody who knew things. But now he's starting to see the power of God, 
but he still doesn't truly understand that. If anything, he's just seeing like God's not only a person that knows a lot of things, but he's a person that's kind and gracious and will rescue and has power to hold back things that shouldn't. Like, this is not natural. Right. <laughs> this very paranormal thing that happened, right? I'm not talking about ghosts, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, this can't be explained except that God rescued them. And that's ultimately, when we're saved, that is what it is. You can't work for your salvation. You can't do anything to obtain your salvation. It is a miracle and grace of God that you can be rescued from the impending wrath of God because we've all fallen short of him. And so, once again, if you read the Old Testament and you can't bring it back to Jesus, then let's reread it because everything in the Old Testament can easily, (laughs) everything there. And so, so now we have chapter four. So this is, so obviously we've seen two cases um, where Daniel obviously was a man of fortitude and a man that relied on God and spoke truth and was courageous and had conviction. Nebuchadnezzar just throwing fits, right? Um, he's not acting like a man. Uh, he's not acting like what a man should act like in the essence of what God God reveals to us, right? And, you know, he's he's acting like a man of the world, right? Like, you respect me, you do what I say, and, right, like, yeah. puffed up and prideful and, and things like that. That's not what the Bible says a man is. So he's not acting like a man of fortitude like we see with Daniel. So in chapter 4, um, now this one uh, is is really where we get into the mental health side of it because, so this is a point in time where God breaks nebuchadnezzar and that he that you know he brings him through a very hard time of seven periods of time (laughs) it's been seven periods of time (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know and so god god gets to the point so because even though nebuchadnezzar has realized that god is all-knowing he's realized that god can rescue but he's still holding on to i am the greatest he's still holding on to this pride as right? most new believers do and, well as new believers old believers all believers non-believers we all live in a fleshly you know body that's selfish and prideful once again Nebuchadnezzar, you know, he start this starts this chapter off um where he actually kind of pray he praises God. He has a little moment, you know, he says how great are his signs, how mighty is his wonders, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his domain endures from generation to generation. Um but then he has another dream. Now this one, different reaction than the first one. Uh so this one he has a dream and it's it's bothering him. Um, and in this dream, like it says that it's alarmed him. He's losing sleep over this. And he remembers like Daniel, Daniel was a person that, um, you know, that talked about the first one. And so he goes out and he does, he does go and he asks for the interpretation, uh, for the magicians and the enchanters. And so he's still kind of holding on to his old ways, the Chaldeans. And this time there's astrologers in this one yeah that's an interesting thing that we could study on here <laughs> another time um how astrology isn't necessarily the the, the best thing to do <laughs> um you know but they asked if they can make known 
the interpretation, but they couldn't do it. They, they, I, I don't know necessarily if they couldn't do it or necessarily they didn't want to because this was yeah. direct. This was a direct thing against him. Because, like we said on the first one, like if they would, if he would have told them the dream, they could have easily interpreted it however they wanted it and made it sound like it was like it was, was for him. Which I mean, he does on his own <laughs> based on the next chapter, right. but. But here they, you know, you see there's a change altogether, like overall, yeah. not just what's about to happen to him. Like there's a change right. in everybody, even if they realize it or not, because they don't. No, and, no. And you're exactly right. Like they, like I said, it says that they, they aren't able to interpret the dream. Uh, they're not able. It says they could not make known to me its interpretation. Um, and like I said, whether that was they really just could not figure it out or they were scared to figure it out because if they told the king, like, dude, you're going to get messed up from this or you're going to be acting like what we're going to get into here, then yeah, that could have been their heads. Yeah. They already had a scare once yeah. before. You know, that could have been their heads, right? But then we see Daniel come up, up to bat again, right? Where, hey, like batting a thousand right and so this is one of those moments where daniel had to have courage right because this is one of those things that was a direct attack against the king like you don't you don't joke about that stuff you don't talk about that stuff this is what you're supposed to tell the king is king live forever right live forever you reign forever like brave heart exactly right like that's what you're that's like the typical like movie thing right in books right Right. like you know that's that's what you're supposed to tell the king you're supposed to kind of praise and promote and to push forward you don't talk about negative things and and if you do a lot of times yeah you you were dead but in this instance he's asking for the interpretation of this dream which obviously the dream was something that was given to him by god and so Daniel interprets the dream, um, and this dream, he he's he's uh, he's a little weary, and he he's actually very gracious with the words that he uses when he's interpreting this dream, right? And because he comes out and he says he knows he knows from the start what right. this is about, like you can tell, and he starts off saying, you know, far be it from you and and i'm hoping this is something for your enemies and not for you king nebuchadnezzar you know but the interpretation of the dream is you are going to be as a beast in the field you will have the dew of the ground on your back um that uh you'll have the countenance of a bird and it goes on basically just you're gonna get you're gonna be eaten of the grass like you're gonna for seven periods of time. It's been seven years. <laughs> right. For seven periods of time, most likely years, you're going to be messed up. Um, and so he... he I, had it, a, I had a weird thought when I was reading the description of the dream. Because it says uh, that the tree grew to where everybody could see it. And I immediately went to flat earthers. And I'm like, oh, if God. the whole world could see it, then the earth has to be flat, right? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, basically. I right. mean, it was a dream, but I, I could see how flat earthers would run away with that. She'd be like, well, there it is. It's in the Bible. In the if Bible, everybody dude. can see the tree. There's like 25 places where it calls the earth a sphere, but, you know, that's fine. No, it. 
Antarctica, yes. bro. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. And so, uh, so he. So that's where my mind went. That's where your mind went. Yeah. So obviously in the dream, yes, he, he, there's a tree. The tree grows up great, big, tall, and um, and then this tree, its branches were very fruitful, and that it covered, you know, the whole earth, gave shade to the animals below, gave homes to the birds, and all of that different stuff, and then it gets basically cut down, but the roots are stayed in place, right? So mm-hmm. the tree is cut down limb from limb, but. It, you know, and it's, it, you know, talks in there that the roots are going to stay, but you're going to feel the dew of the ground. You're going to, you know, the beasts of the fields and they ha- eat of the grass. And, and that's where this whole interpretation comes through. And, and so, um, it's almost like the first dream is a statue. It gets torn down. Here's a tree. It gets torn down. God's trying to give him a message. He's telling him <laughs> like, bro, like this, this is that moment where people are like, I don't hear God. Oh, he's telling you. <laughs> right. He's telling you. Right. And, you know, and Daniel, even in this, he 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 pleads with him. He's like, listen, therefore, O king, let my counsel be accepted to you. Break off your sin. Repent, bro. <laughs> you got to get rid of this pride. You got to repent by, and start practicing righteousness, right? Like, I can teach you what this is. If you want to know, like, trust me, if you don't want to be this, I can teach you, like, you got to repent, you got to start practicing righteousness, and your iniquity, your iniquities by, sh- and your, or practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed, that there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. And so he's telling them, like, because of your pride because of the what's built inside of your heart this is going to happen so if you if you don't want this to happen or at least maybe further down the road where it's not you know whatever may happen like you got to repent you got to get rid of this stuff and so what's interesting is he has about a he goes about 12 months about a whole year one period. One period of time, yes. <laughs> Based on our uh, interpretation, interpretation of a period. Right, right, right. And so he goes a whole year. Um, it actually does give a, an actual period of time. And this is at the end of 12 months, he was walking on the roof of the palace. So this is verse 29 right here, right? Or 28. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. So he just told him the dream. And then now we're seeing all this came. So I said... At the end of 12 months, he was walking on the roof of the palace of Babylon. So at this point in time, he probably thought, I don't think this is going to happen. Like, this has been 12 whole months. It's been a whole year since this happened. Yeah, it's easy to forget The dream's about that. gone. Yeah. I'm feeling good. I hadn't good. even thought about that dream in a minute. Yeah, right? And he's completely forgotten about this. And and uh, it's just, so it's just walking on the roof palace of Babylon. And the king answered and said, is not this great is is not this great babylon which i have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty <laughs> this bro he just misses it time and time again like he's like this look at what i have created Simba. No, just no. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> everything the light touches. Everything the light touches is your kingdom. Right. Like that's that's what went to my mind when I read that right there. But he's like, mm. look what I have built. And but here's what's the crazy thing. Says while the words still were in the king's mouth, the there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. 
the king has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and you shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and uh, and seven periods of time shall pass over to you over you until you know the most high rules the kingdom of men and and gives it to whom he will. So what's really interesting to this that I really love about this and it's like this dude got interrupted. He's in the middle of this <laughs> sentence, right? Like this dude is in the middle of praising himself. Look at my majesty and my mighty power and what I have built. And right in the middle of what he's saying, all of a sudden, like, right? Like this is a whole like, I'm going to move so lightning doesn't hit me too, right? Like, <laughs> I, I just picture, uh, what is it? Uh, um, is it Edward James almost? Is it, no, no, is another. I just picture a, a certain actor's voice of being the like the god god that oh, say that uh, uh, the black guy in Sandlot. Well, and he's also in like Field of Dreams. Yeah. Uh, What's his name? Earl Jones. Ah, or some something Earl Jones. Earl Jones. Yeah. All right, but. I'll let you look that up while I keep going here. <laughs> Sorry, uh, James. Earl when I think James Earl Jones, when I think of something, my brain's like, "You got to figure this out." Bro. <laughs> you got to figure this out, right? Yeah, James Earl Jones. I yes. picture him as the one as God in this story. <laughs> yep, calling yeah. out to oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, <laughs> to you it has spoken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, that sounded more like a Monty Python thing, but like, I don't have that voice. Okay, I just don't. So absolutely, he. You know, so at this point in time. God, God breaks him. So this is this is something that most most of us would look at in today's culture and be like, oh, he's he's such a hateful God. Why would somebody do this to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in in the culture that we live in, something like this happening to somebody would seem like it was evil, right? Like, wow, like this is intense. Well, non-believers blame God for everything. Well, and that, right, like, but how can you believe in a God that allows? Right, how X, Y, Z to yeah. happen. Well, how do you believe in a God that allows good people to die or good people to suffer, right? Which, of course, to me, that's the wrong question. The, the better question on that is, you know, why did God not kill me in my sleep for the things I did, said, and thought yesterday? <laughs> so, you know, we're all, we're all unrighteous. We all sin, and we all fall short of the glory of God. And so it's one of those things, like, but people would see this and see God, like, this is an evil act, you know. But so the king... For the period of time, he is he is done for. I mean, he's he withdrew from the kingdom. I don't even know what happened with the kingdom. I, I I'm guessing his son probably stepped in for a little bit. Oh, or, here we go remix. Right. Well, <laughs> it's gonna I, I happen don't know. again uh, if, well, if it's the son. Well, if it's happens. the son, right? We don't know exactly <laughs> who. It doesn't really go in to tell about. I mean, the kingdom knew. Nebuchadnezzar was broken and he knew he was all messed up and out in the fields and acting like a beast and eating grass and sleeping outside and you know and at the end of the seven years it talks about how his um you know it says it says he was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox and his body was wet with the dew of the dew of heaven till his hair grew as long as eagle's feathers and his nails were like bird claws. That's what, that's kind of why I think seven years. Yeah. Just because it's like that. That's a that's one of those things. It would take a while to get to that point, 
Um, and so this, I mean, he was driven out. And so, like I said, at the beginning of this, this is a moment that in this case, in today's culture, he would have been shut up into a building, right? Because we would have seen this as something cruel to happen, right? The culture today sees this as an evil act, something cruel to happen. Why would this be allowed to happen to anybody? Like, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's hard to really, for us to wrap our heads around it you know when we read it just from that instance and so in today's culture he would have been shut up into a hospital institution but on a whole bunch of drugs which would have made him a numb and a potato or vegetable whatever you want to call it and he would have been just kind of trapped there in this spot and and if this would have been in today's culture the medication would have made it to where he completely missed what god was was trying to do in this moment in these in these seven years, he'd already warned them. He already gave him what was going to happen if he continued to allow his pride to take over. And Daniel gave him the warning, like, start living right. And if you don't, like, this is going to happen, or at least live right so that your period can be extended uh, of being able to have, like, a grand kingdom. And so he, get, he gets broken, and he's out in the field. And then in verse 34... And this is when Nebuchadnezzar gets saved, man. I, I'm a firm believer that Neb- we'll see Nebuchadnezzar in heaven. I think he got saved. That's just me. People yeah, might disagree I, with me on I that. Don't know. I, when I read it, to me, it I, just I mean, at, at any point, any one of the people that we don't think are very obvious, like they didn't make it. I mean, they could be there. We don't know what right. happens in the, you know, at Absol- their, absolutely. their moment. You know, and so in verse, in verse 34... Um, it says at the end of the days of the seven days yeah. or seven periods it's of time, been seven periods. <laughs> so at the end of the days, I Nebuchadnezzar lifted my eyes to heaven and my reason returned to me. So God restored him and I blessed the most high and praised and honored him who lives forever to his dominion is an everlasting dominion to his king- kingdom or and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. Now, he's already said that before. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and his and, and he does according to his will among the most of the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth, and, no, and none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? Right? And so when we, when we read this, so he's obviously come to a moment here where he's he's finally he's finally realizing right he's finally going okay he gets it right and so he goes on to say at the same time my reason returned to me and for the glory of my kingdom my majesty and splendor returned to me my counselors and my lords sought me and i was established in my kingdom and i and still more greatness was added to me so his kingdom grew even after this point in time now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and honor the king of heaven, for all his works were right and his ways are just, and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. He gets it. He's finally humbled. <laughs> After all that happened, he finally realized. He grasped for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's if you really think about it, up until this point, nothing had really happened to him directly. Right. You know what I mean? Like, 
there was a lot of i mean it's like god was trying had a lot of grace with him well it's just i mean you this is dadology you take this to your kids if you threaten to take away a toy for this example like your kids doing something you're like if you don't do this like if you don't straighten up i'm gonna take your favorite thing away for a little while and then you don't do it and then they do it again and then you say it again and then you don't do it like they're yeah, never but then at nothing. the moment you actually take it away then they're like oh wait what what's going on what happened right. it's kind of the same thing it's like yeah. until it happened right and and that's exactly right is is they you know he you know time and time again he gets shown you know back in chapter 2 he gets shown that dream that hey like yeah, you might be the golden head on the statue, but you still get destroyed, right? Like, you still get taken down by the rock, God, right? Like, it, God is trying to show him. And that he's not talking about Dwayne Johnson. No, no. Because <laughs> some people would be like, the rock! The rock! <laughs> no, not, no, obviously not that. Um, but God is trying to show him and has so much Obvious mercy. Obvious to you. What? Well, like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you know, and so he's God's trying to show him throughout all these chapters that that God is the one that establishes kingdoms. God's the one that tears down kingdoms. God is the one that establishes leaders. God's the one that tears down leaders. Like God is in control of all these things, and He kept missing it, and He kept exalting Himself over and over and over and over again. And then at the end of of this period of time where now, okay, yeah, there's been some stuff that's happened that's made you mad, but now this is coming directly against you. Like, I, God's given him chance after chance after chance, and now the consequences of his actions happen, and his pride gets the best of him, and then he goes through this period of time, and now he's humbled, and he finally gets it, and now he's humbled. Like I said, I'm a person... Some might disagree. Some people may agree. I think I think Nebuchadnezzar is finally saved in this moment. He finally realizes, especially when you go into the next chapter, into chapter five, it kind of starts that off. You know, starts chapter five uh, or at the end of this, and and you kind of see that, that that Nebuchadnezzar after this point in time exalting God, like God was. A, like god was god right like he he never really went back into this form of like and, and out, even outside of the bible when you read uh, history and documents that we have outside of this that gives some context into this that we see in history books and stuff like the nation of babylon was one that sought after god you see so much symbolism throughout like just the architecture and stuff that we still have that, that you know in archaeo- archaeological finds where gods like like the hebrew language and like certain names of god and stuff was like on their buildings and on like after you know with king nebuchadnezzar this you know after this moment god restored him and god god gave him true life and, and true knowledge and revelation of who he was and he finally humbled and he made the decision that we're going to exalt God in our kingdom 
uh, which was shortly lived because as soon as he dies, his son comes into rain, and then that's when the whole handwriting on the wall happens. And then he, and then this overnight they lose the kingdom because the Medes and the Persian comes in and assassinates him, and then they lose the kingdom. They're done for. Uh, so that's that's an interesting little thing to read there. And and Daniel has so much to it, um, but it's just one of those things. Like like I said, in today's world we would have looked at this as something cruel and, and hateful that God would have done. But in reality, this was something God was doing to restore. God was doing to show him like, like I am, like I am who I am. Right. right. I am is a big thing in scripture. Um, but it's just one of those things that sometimes God will put us through trials and tribulations in order for us to move to the next level, in order for us to gain more revelation or truth on who God is, in order to just break some terrible things, habits and hangups and whatever right. off of us. Right. And, and that kind of goes back, you know, all the way, you know, long, long, long time later. Right. When Peter writes, right, count it all joy when trials and tribulations come. Why? Because it's going to strengthen you. You're going to be a stronger person than you ever realized that you could be. And so absolutely, before we even get into all the different kinds of mental health and all of that stuff of depression and anxiety, PTSD, uh, substance abuse, uh, dealing with sorrow and grief and things like that, that God can heal those things. It may hurt. <laughs> it, oh, it's going to. Yeah, it may hurt and it may put you in a spot that, to have to deal with darkness. And ultimately, that's your choice. Yeah. You don't have to. No, you can refuse to go down this road and you can refuse um, to not follow God. But some, you know, I think, both of us, you know, the roads that we've walked in, we've made the choice to seek after God, you know, at the best, you know, at least the best that we can. <laughs> right? right. We're, we're, once again, we're I, sinners. I fail every day. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying we're going to be perfect at this. And I'm not saying anybody's ever going to be perfect at this. Daniel wasn't perfect at this, right? Chatterbeck, me checking a minute ago. Um, they weren't perfect at this. Um, the great men of the Bible, um they they weren't perfect at all they they fell very short and so will we right mm -hmm. and, but ultimately if you really want to truly have victory in your life and you really truly want to live free god can do it and he will do it it just it just may take a little bit it, it might it might it's take gonna a be little hard. bit it's gonna be hard <laughs> so, absolutely absolutely it'll take It'll take as long as it needs to, and while you're going through it, it'll feel like forever. Yeah, 100%. Ah, there it is. I've been waiting for <laughs> hey, it. I got the one. See, where's my... <laughs> doo -doo -doo -doo. Yeah, right. That's I... my sound for the 100% from now on. <laughs> Guys, I need a sound box. Yeah, listen, his birthday's coming. Remember that. <laughs> no. Um, well, guys, thank you all for sticking with us through through this series as we keep going. Um you know, so the next one, we're going to be diving in, like I said, to the different ones. So in, uh, the next one's going to be about depression and, and what God's word says about depression and how we can win in that essence. And then we'll also talk about, you know, that seasonal depression will bring up some of those things of 
how to win with seasonal pressure, seasonal depression. You know, does if your depression is coming from just spiritually being spiritually empty, maybe a dietary change, and maybe it is something that is ultimately a chemical imbalance that you know that you need help with. And so we'll we'll talk about all those things when it comes to depression uh, in in the next episode. So in the meanwhile, thank you guys so much uh, yes. for listening. Um, it's we been, appreciate it. We absolutely do appreciate it. Um, just continue. We thank you. We for get the, excited when uh, when we see the numbers change. Yes, absolutely. And, and not because we're like worried about like the numbers and the followers and all that. We're no. just excited for you guys to hear it and yeah, and hope that it helps some somebody. Right. Like I've I've always said like if I if I do something like this, it's I don't. Like obviously it'd be awesome if like it helps many people, but if if it helps one person, like it was successful to me, right? So we yeah. appreciate it and we get excited when we're like, oh man, we got like five more listens on this one. Hey, like, yeah, like somebody's hearing something, right? Well, and we we truly believe that that you know God can and is using us to help change people's lives and to show Jesus and to show truth. Um, even if it's hard to hear sometimes, and like I said, a lot of people might disagree with me with some of the mental health stuff. Email them, let them know. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I'm totally fine with that. I'm I don't live in a life where I'm offended by all of the stuff and things like that. So, um, yeah, email. I would love to hear your thoughts. Like I said, if if you have more information that could even help us in getting this all prepared i would love it like i'm not an expert in this field neither of us are like you know we've we don't have a higher education in this field or anything like that i I just know i don't have a higher education in any field yeah that's right i have a bachelor's degree in theology so i know what the bible says in this stuff but i don't know outside of that right and how to like i can't take like what's happening in a therapeutic scene and you know and so like there's a lot of things and there's a lot of studies that are out there and if you guys have any any uh tidbits you want to give and any information you want to give we'd love to hear it once again email us at uh theology at gmail.com and so uh before we go though i want to i want to pray it out and i want to uh just just we go to God in everything that we do, and so Lord, we just thank you so much um, for your word, God, and for your grace, God, and just revealing to us just how mighty you are and how big you are, Lord, and that you are the person that's that puts leaders in place, and you are the person that that uh, puts our nation's leaders in place, and God, and whether that's you know your plan for. Uh, you know, for redemption for the nation or for judgment for the nation or just grace and to continue uh, to live in a place that has freedom to to preach and proclaim your word, God. And Lord, I, I just pray that the men that are listening to this, I just see your love and see your grace and, and have things. Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit reveals uh, things in their life that they need to take care of, that they need to conquer, and that they need to win in, Lord. Uh, whatever that is, depression, anxiety, PTSD, substance abuse, sorrow, grief, like any of the things that we deal with as men and try to bottle up as men, God, I, we just lay that all down at your feet now. And Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.